This is episode number 135 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Everybody, welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people like you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. This is episode number 135. And on this episode, I'm going to talk about venues where you can get practice speaking in front of a group. And um, I'm, I'm going to give you a list of real low pressure places where you can get practice speaking. The one, these are the places where there are a few negative consequences. So if you really totally even screw up, it's not that big of a deal when you're, when you're getting practice in, in these areas. Um, just so you know, this is a, this is an update to a podcast that I did, I don't know, maybe two plus years or so ago. And I gave a list of, of um, some of these locations, but in the meantime, now with the digital side, there's a whole lot more places that you can practice that we'll, we'll cover on the early part of this session as well. So a little bit better updated content along the way. The podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. And by the way, since we are on the subject of places where you can get good practice speaking in front of a group, a good public speaking class is an excellent place for you to get practice speaking in front of a group. We've got virtual presentation classes starting every month where people get to practice in a controlled environment with the help of a professional coach. So for details, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So one of the most common questions that participants in our in our fearless presentations classes ask us after they've completed the class is they say, okay, now I feel more comfortable. I feel more confident. Where do I go to get more practice? You know, how do I continue to grow as a speaker? And some of the things that we've done as a, as a company is we've kind of created follow-up processes in, in our, in our uh, program and stuff like that, just to kind of help. But basically you're really not going to get comfortable really, really comfortable speaking in front of a group until you actually do it and you do it consistently and have a series of of successes. So in this session, I'm going to share a few ways or a few venues where you can go and, and speak that um, th these are places that are always looking for good speakers. Speakers are in, in high demand and you can really build a solid reputation as a good speaker as your reputation grows and that kind of thing as well. So just so you know, though, as you begin to get better at speaking in front of a group, uh, your, your confidence is going to soar. And this is what I tell folks, you know, after that, that second day of the fearless class, um, when, when you start to get more comfortable speaking in front of a group, you're going to start to see more opportunities to present as well. Places that they've always been there, but in the past, you might have just disregarded those. You wouldn't have even seen them. I, I, I call, I'm old, you know, so I call this the yellow Volkswagen theory, you know, you know, yellow Volkswagens are everywhere. At least they were, you know, back when I was growing up and you never saw them though until you bought one. And then once you bought one, you couldn't help but see them everywhere. A, a good example, this is my wife and I went out and bought a, um, a, a Nissan Pathfinder for the family. And we did that a couple of months ago. And I, I, can't remember ever even seeing a path. I don't even know what, I didn't even know what a pathfinder looked like before we actually bought one. And 
um, now there, I mean, there's like at at any intersection, there are going to be 15 of the 20 cars are going to be Nissan Pathfinder. Very popular car, apparently. Never noticed them now that I have one though, or now that my wife has one anyway, where I see them everywhere. And so once your confidence starts to grow, you're going to start to see those opportunities, those things that you're now it's it's funny because now you'll start to look for them. They're in your conscious mind now. So you're going to have opportunities to speak at at staff meetings and at trade shows and, and things like that, that you might've disregarded in the past. You didn't even think about them, but they're, they happen all the time. So let me kind of start with, um, as we kind of get into the places where you can go to practice, if you're looking for a place to practice speaking, let me start with some of the online places because these are kind of new, at least in the last, you know, four or five years or so. Um, A couple of them that are an easy place to get started are on Instagram and Facebook. Um, And I'm sure there's other social media out there. I know there's like TikTok and all that kind of stuff, but I think that's one of them to the 15 seconds. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't even know. But I do know that on a lot of the social media, especially like Instagram, the stories and stuff like that, there are places where the videos that you create only last like 24 hours, right? So, so basically those are good places to practice because as you know, a short time after you record them, they're totally deleted and nobody's ever going to see them again. So it's a good place to get a very, um, a, a quick little instance of, of practice, speaking to people and communicating uh, under pressure, you know, with that camera, it adds a little bit more pressure. And so when, when you do that, it'll help you start to feel more comfortable. Um, a good example is, is is my assistant um, when she was she I mean she'd obviously been through the fearless presentations class she was writing a lot of the content on our on our websites and stuff like that very skilled at at um, speaking as far as the knowledge but she hadn't had a lot of practice yet speaking in front of a group and so one of the first things that that she started doing when she started working for the company is she started doing a lot of our Facebook live. Um, sessions. And so she would just kind of introduce it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure the first couple that she did probably weren't that comfortable, but you know, after the fourth or fifth or sixth one, they just kind of become a little bit more normal. So good, good, good place to practice is the uh, social media. Um, a second one that's, that's new and very, very powerful now is zoom meetings. Um, the, the difference between practicing on social media platforms and on Zoom is that on the social media stuff, Instagram, Facebook, all those other ones, you don't get a lot of feedback. You'll get the, you know, the thumbs up and the confetti and stuff like that, you know, but you're not getting, you're not getting to see the people that you're communicating with. And so with Zoom, you've got more of uh, face-to-face meetings and especially, Post-COVID-19, Zoom meetings are, are happening a whole lot more. It's a good place where you can go and just practice a little bit, get more skilled at, at speaking. Um, the, one of the things that, that you have to be careful about when you're on Zoom meetings is a lot of times folks will just kind of say, oh, I need to do a meeting, so let's just schedule a Zoom meeting and we won't really have an agenda or anything. And what happens is that becomes more difficult because you can't really get people to interact. So you'll get a whole lot better results from your meetings. If you kind of send out an agenda, let the people that are going to be on the meetings kind of know what you're going to be talking about, give them, you know, a few bullet points that you're going to cover. That way they're more likely to be interactive with you and it makes it a whole lot easier for you to, to communicate with it, with your team or with the people that are on your meeting. If you're kind of doing it that way versus making it a, a one-sided um, monologue type thing. 
Uh, another social media platform that's come on the scene in the last few months um, as far as live video is LinkedIn. Um, as far as I know, it's, gonna, it's very similar to Facebook Live. Uh, don't do this a lot yet myself. Probably we'll start to get into that a little bit more, but um, at least right now, it, it looks like it's a, another good venue for you to, to be able to practice and to have a more professional appearance. So if it is what I think it is, I'm, uh, it's probably one of those things I put the, these kind of in order on where you might want to practice, you know, practice on Facebook and Instagram first, because those things can get deleted, right? Zoom meetings, okay, they're internal a lot of times. And so you're getting some practice speaking to your folks and, and you know, there's, it's um, less, less pressure on that. Once you start getting to, to LinkedIn, I mean, yes, you can delete those, but now it's more of a professional type of, of platform. So you want to uh, get more practice. And then the next one after that would be YouTube. So you want to wait until you're much more comfortable speaking in front of a group and, you, and, you're, and you're, um, your confidence is really high before you want to start doing any of the YouTube stuff. The reason why is because it's just it's a higher level. It's a higher standard uh, for, um, for, for folks that are, that, that are watching us and listening to us. One of the things that you can do with technology though, that is really a good place to practice and you will get so much better at writing. You'll get so much better at speaking. You'll get so much better at organizing your thoughts is to start a podcast. Now, um, one of the things I, I, I just kind of give you my background here. I didn't, I had been speaking professionally for, I would say 17 or 18 years. I mean, a long time. I mean, I, I, I and people, you know, for, before I started my first podcast and at the time that I started my first podcast, I mean, people were paying me just for an hour of my time. You know, I, I would get paid sometimes 20, 30 grand to speak for an hour. Right. So, I mean, I, I had been around the block a few times and, and um, people kind of knew who I was and everything. When I started the podcast, though, when I go back and listen to like podcast one after doing this for two and a half years now, I can't believe how bad I was <laughs> in the beginning, right? You get better at this stuff. I mean, the, the, hopefully that now when you're listening to the podcast right now, you're going, man, this guy's really cool. This, this guy speaks really well. Okay. Yeah. He says, er and um, and stuff like that, but he sounds normal. He sounds human. It's obvious he's not editing this out to make himself sound great. Right. Uh, but that comes from years of, of doing, you know, a podcast a week, every, every week. So that is a fantastic way, even if you don't, have the intent of ever publicizing or promoting those, those podcasts or even putting them out on iTunes or anything like that. You do 10 or 15 or 20 podcasts. And by the time you get to 20, you're going to be much better at them than what you were when you, when you first started. So those are all great, fantastic ways that you can use technology to help you practice. Um, for the in-person ones, uh, and and still we're we're at the end of the um, at least hopefully anyway we're at the end of the COVID nineteen crisis at the moment and so a lot of organizations are starting to meet in person again and when that starts to pick up again you know obviously Toastmasters is a is a good option for folks a lot of times people will hear me talking about Toastmasters and say God Doug he's just terrible I mean he he hates Toastmasters I mean why why does he hate Toastmasters so much I don't hate Toastmasters I'm not in fact I love Toastmasters I think it is a fantastic organization it is a fantastic place to practice the problem that I have with Toastmasters though is that is that um, there's not a whole lot of quality control. 
And so there is a vast difference sometimes between really, really bad clubs and really, really good ones. They may be in, you know, just a mile and a half away from each other on, on a beltway somewhere. And you can have just a, a club that if you go to it, you'll actually get more nervous when you go to it and a club where everybody there is a phenomenal speaker. It's just, there's not a whole lot of quality control because the people who are in the club are the ones that are, that are running it. The people that are learning how to speak in front of a group are the ones that are, are that are, that are running the group. So, um, what I always suggest people do is if they're going to join a, a toasting club, a Toastmasters or something like that, just do it with caution. Just go and, and visit, you know, three, four, five, ten maybe different clubs and look for the people that have been there for two, three, four years. The folks that have been going for a few years, if you watch them speak and you go, man, that was good these people are really good. Then you're in a good club. If you listen to somebody that's been there for three or four or five years and they sound really syrupy or robotic or weird and they're making weird jokes and then move on, go to a different, go to a different club. But the neat thing about Toastmasters and some of these other clubs are that you get a chance to speak every single week. You know, a lot of times they do their table topics where you get a chance to speak on an impromptu basis. Um, you, a lot of times you can speak, even if it's a fairly big club, um, the, the folks who volunteer to speak are the ones that get to speak a lot, you know, because they're, they're like, okay, who's going to speak next week? And sometimes folks are like, ah, man, I need another week to prepare. I need another couple of weeks. So if you're chopping at the bit to go, you can a lot of times get a few speeches out sometimes in the first couple of months. So it, it is a good place to kind of practice. Another one that is really starting to pick up again after COVID-19 is social clubs. I, I think I've had just in the, the local area, um, just because they're, the, they're um, trying to get back on their feet, um, the Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis Clubs, Lions Clubs, those, those social organizations, Chambers of Commerce, those things, the, um, the, those clubs typically have a speaker come and give a, a presentation. Usually it's only like 15 or 20 minutes. It's fairly short, but they do it every week. And, and they want people from their local community to come in and, and do these speeches. And um, a lot of times, you know, if there's 52 weeks in a year, they have to have 52 speakers. And so they, it's, it, it can be really difficult for the people that are organizing the speakers to have um, a full, um, uh, to have their, their schedule full anyway. And so a lot of times, if you contact even just a couple of these clubs, you know, they'll say, Oh man, can you speak on Thursday? Can you speak on Tuesday? Can you speak on next Tuesday or that kind of thing? Right. So you'll, you'll get that a lot of times. Um, it's a, the neat thing about that is that it's a very short presentation. A lot of times, I mean, they don't want you to kind of overly publicize yourself, but it's a good way to kind of market yourself as a, as a speaker and get some practice. Um, and, and it's pretty low pressure. You know, a lot of times they're, it's a it's a very warm crowd because they're just hoping that you're not going to put them to sleep for the most part, right? So typically, is a is a pretty easy crowd to to um, kind of get warm to. Um, I mentioned Chambers of Commerce. That's actually a separate location, a separate place where you can speak. It's actually fairly difficult to get on a, a get a speaking spot at a Chamber of Commerce just because if you happen to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce, they don't want to promote one member over another. And so it, it can be a little challenging to, to get a speaking gig there. However, they love sponsors, especially meeting sponsors. And so if you sponsor one of their meetings or business card exchanges or something like that, a lot of times they'll give you 10 minutes to, to kind of promote yourself. And on that, in that situation, you actually get a chance to 
promote, you get to sell. So, because you've paid for that, that, that speaking spot. Right. Um, so that, that's, um, if, as long as you're a sponsor, a lot of times you can, you can get a few of those speaking gigs, you know, a couple of times a year, probably. Um, another good venue where you can practice is association meetings. If you join a trade association or if you become active in your current association, a lot of times, a lot of times it gives you the chance to come across um, with the, I mean, you'll come across an enormous opportunity, enormous number of opportunities to, to speak in front of audiences. Um, uh, you can, you can even run for office or, or chair a committee. Um, they, and just like the, the chamber meetings, you can also sponsor meetings and things like that. I know like, for instance, um, we're members of, because I'm in the, the um, event business and, and meeting business, uh, a lot of times our clients are meeting planners. So Meeting Professionals International and, and some of those organizations, we're members of those organizations. And because the people in that room are potential clients for us, sometimes we'll sponsor the meeting and then we'll get a chance to kind of promote ourselves or promote our services to that specific group for, for 10 or 15 minutes before the, before the meeting. Um, and it, so those are, those are fantastic opportunities. Um, the last one I'm going to cover is trade shows. Now, after, since COVID-19, these things have, have um, kind of dried up at least temporarily. Um, when they come back, I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. At least I'm hoping that they will. Trade shows, conventions, um, you, a lot of times at these, at conventions, you can apply to be a speaker in breakout sessions. They, they, some of these really big conventions, they may have 30 or 40 or 50 breakout sessions going on at the same exact time. And they might have three breakout sessions or four breakout sessions in an afternoon for three days straight. So, I mean, that's a lot of different speaking gigs that they have to fill. And so it, just by going and filling out an application, sometimes you can get a, a, um, a, a, a speaking spot at a, at a breakout session. If you have trouble getting invited to speak at one of those or Maybe you don't have a topic that uh, that the group is um, you know it's it's going to be ideal for that um, for the breakout session rooms. One of the things you can do is you can actually just go if you're actually in the trade show, you can purchase two booths that are side by side and then use the second booth as a seating area for um, for an audience so that you can speak at your at the trade show. <laughs> that was the first. The first time that I ever did that, I, I, I mean, I thought it was a brilliant idea. And it worked out really well, by the way. I was, um, in, I was just starting out teaching leadership training here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they had this thing called the Entrepreneur Expo. And it was this huge thing. I mean, this was, they had, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000 people that came through this expo every year. And um, it was real because I was brand new. I, I was a brand new, I just started a new company six months prior, maybe eight months prior to this thing. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of credibility yet. I didn't have, I was, I didn't have my books yet. I didn't, you know, I wasn't uh, a very sought after speaker. And so I applied to, to be a, a speaker and they, they didn't choose me. So it made me mad. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just make up my own venue. And so what I did was I just purchased two trade show booths side by side. And I, and I went and bought a bunch of folding chairs and just set them up in the second booth next to me. And then uh, every, you know, I put a little sign up that said, Hey, in this, um, uh, at uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be doing a session on how to increase your sphere of influence. And then on, you know, at 1045, I'm going to do a session on how to build uh, a team culture within your organization. And then at, uh, at 1130, I'm going to be doing a session on how to reduce public speaking fear, right? And so on. And 
most of the time when, and in fact, every single, not most of the time, every single time that I started speaking, I was speaking to an empty bunch of chairs and I would just, and I looked weird, I'm sure, because I would just start speaking to the empty bunch of chairs. But as I started speaking within a couple of seconds, a few people would just kind of sit down in the chairs and a few more people would sit down in the chairs and a few people would sit down. And as soon as all the chairs were full, that's when the magic started happening because then people started crowding around and people were kind of popping up. You know, they were looking over people's shoulders to kind of see you know, why, what's causing this crowd? Why is everybody going to that booth? You know? So it was a, it was a little scary to do the the first time, but it worked so phenomenally. It was so, so magical that, that I, I started doing that at, at um, the different trade shows all over the, the country. And, and that was one of the ways that I kind of built my name, a name for myself very early on as being a good speaker. So sometimes you just kind of get a little creative. Um, the, the main thing that you want to get from this, though, is that there's lots of different places that you can go to, to practice speaking in front of a group, and most of them are pretty low risk. You know, if you go speak at a Rotary Club and the people absolutely hate you, they think you're a terrible speaker, okay, what did you lose? All right, you, you, you spoke to 30 people in, at a Rotary Club. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but if, um, if you're, you're a captivating speaker and they start to see you as being a captivating speaker, then all of a sudden the word kind of gets out that, Hey man, that person, that, that, that woman that spoke or that guy that spoke was, is really good. And then they start passing your name along. It's a good way to, to, to um, kind of build up your credibility in a very short period of time anyway. So anyway, hopefully this is very helpful to you. Thanks a lot for being a part of the fearless presentations podcast. We'll see you next week guys. to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.